Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans off-topic and game journal podcast. My name is Mike Solosi, I'm Monsoon on the boards, and today I am joined by RPG fan reviews head Alana Higgs. Hello everyone, it's Alana here, Diving Falcons on the boards. So, Alana, um, we're between games right now on Retro Encounter. We, uh, Chrono Trigger's behind us, and April and May are ahead of us. So we wanted to kill some time and talk about something that you and I have talked about off of the podcast multiple times, and that is the very good dogs of RPGs. Yeah, we love dogs. Dogs are amazing. We spent a while debating whether we're going to cover all RPG animals or all dogs, and then we thought, dogs are the best. Dogs are like your loyal friends. They will never leave you. And they're like the perfect companion for RPGs, and we could think of tons of, tons of, there's tons of cats as well, but like, I think we're going to come with a cat episode at some point, who knows, we've got lots of cat lovers on the website, but dogs are the topic of today, so I love dogs, (laughs) think about them. (laughs) You you and I are both lifelong dog owners who love dogs, and um, I think if we had made it just an RPG animals episode, we would have spent 80% of the time talking yeah. about just the dogs anyway so exactly. so that's I mean, what this i can't think of what can't i can't think, think of? of any other animal that's a party member more than dogs maybe like oh, especially oh, more, more as... than dogs definitely not more than dogs yeah yeah especially if you kind include cool. wolves or yes okay to... and we, we yeah we are going to include wolves in today there's there's a lot of good okay. wolves who are you know you know they're canine enough to be considered good dogs so yeah. I think uh, we should just t- we should just take turns. Like each of us talks about a favorite dog or wolf in an RPG that we love, and maybe talk Ooh. briefly about why they are a good dog, and then move on to the next one. Yes. How does that sound? I think that sounds good. All right. So, um, you kick us off. Who's your first good dog we're going to discuss today? Okay. Um. So I'm going to start off. Not my favorite. Second favorite. He's a wolf. Um. A series I keep bringing up on the podcast and is coming up on the podcast in the Game Journal episodes. Uh, so we're going to talk about Rapide from Tales of Vesperia. And actually, I'm probably going to bring up a couple of things from the series because Tales likes their dogs. They like their cats now, but they liked their dogs more at one point. And Rapide is like the perfect example. So to give a little bit of context, Rapide is basically just his Yuri's kind of best pal. Yuri's left the knights. He's now kind of fighting for justice, vigilante, Troy Baker character kind of thing. And then Rapide is just kind of this really cool wolf. He's a bit scarred. He carries a knife. He carries a pipe. And he just yeah. kicks ass, really. Like, he's completely the coolest, like, looking dog. He's the coolest looking wolf for ages. And I, I love, I love the way that when he walks, how he ca- he very casually has the pipe in his mouth. I, I yeah, don't, I don't just, think he smokes the pipe. <laughs> he don't, I don't think so, no. <laughs> no, I think he just has the pipe and the eye patch to look cool, because he knows he's the coolest looking dog in the in the Vesperia world. Yeah, he's definitely the, one of the coolest dogs I can think of, or wolf, sorry. Um, I love how he reacts in skits, so mm-hmm. he's quite, he's the cool dog, so like, you'll get some kind of dogs that will get petted and just kind of whine and whinge and everything, and he does have a little bit of a whinge, but a lot of the time, he's just kind of there, and people acknowledge him, and he loves it, and 
he laps up on the praise kind of but he's like yuri's him and yuri are like best buddies like yuri's not necessarily a people person and you could tell that those two are kind of like two hardened not soldiers but like they're like hardened people they've been through a lot of rough stuff um repeat also has a cool and hilarious side quest where yeah, he has to uh, <laughs> he has to mark his territory in as many yeah. places as possible. <laughs> so every time you camp on the world map, Repeat will mark his territory. So just think of that as you will. But Repeat fights with knives in battle, and it's quite similar to another dog of the world wolf that we might talk about. No, actually, it's not. But mm-hmm. it's nice to see a dog fighting with a weapon. So he yeah. fights with a knife, kind of. They're Asian-inspired knives, I think, quite a few of them. I can't specifically remember. But he has some really cool moves. I think he's the quickest party member as well, which is usually the case for wolves and dogs. Sure. But he is just kind of... Obviously, he's not hugely plot-relevant, but he's, like, Yuri's best friend, and he is pretty cool, I think. I think he's definitely worth a mention. Repeat's an excellent dog. Um, I think Vesperia is one of the best Tales of games. And yeah. I uh, I played it fairly recently, only a, like three or four years ago. And I was uh, and I had been a bit of, a bit down on Tales by then because I I don't know I had I had I was feeling Tales fatigue and but Vesperia brought me back in and Rapide's a really fun, cool party member, both from his mannerisms and his style and how he interacts with the rest of the cast. He's he's really an excellent dog character. Yeah, in a group of misfits, he's like the stoic kind of quiet loner although yuri does that as well but yuri's a bit more fiery and repeat is kind of the solid middle ground in the group of a, <laughs> literally a group of misfits um, and speaking he's a of, really cool speaking of a team of misfits that include a wolf and a man named yuri uh, <laughs> we very recently finished playing uh shadow hearts covenant for this podcast and shadow hearts covenant has one of the most excellent dogs in RPGs in Blanca. The, yeah. the the white wolf who does not have who does not speak to the other humans, but everyone always understands what he's saying and sometimes feels like the most competent person on the team. <laughs> like when he's he the only one that avoids the trap, uh that um in in the uh in the prison island and he's uh he has his own side quest where he tries to become the top dog in Europe and Asia. Yeah. I, I really, really liked Blanca in that game. He's really cool. He's really sweet as well. He, see, he's an example of a dog who does react differently to repeat. So mm-hmm. when the, I can't remember her name, uh, Karanda's, the girl that Karanda's trying to protect, um, she calls him Snowball and... He's just kind of like, no, no, that's not my name. And of course, she doesn't understand him. So she's just like, oh, he likes it. And he's like, no, it's not fair. I want to be cool. It's not powerful or anything like that. But um, um, Blanca, see, Blanca gets a good side quest as well, like you were saying. He's just, mm-hmm. this is this thing with dogs and side quests. Like, and, and it's also, just it, some really cool. It's so weird because Blanca is not connected to the larger story of the game at all. Like, if he wasn't in the game, except for when he rescues the rest of the team, he doesn't really fulfill much of a story role. But his side quest has him reconnecting with his father and engage in in the wolf fights in a way that that doesn't feel exploitative or gross. It feels just like a a fun, cool side quest. 
and and yeah. meeting all the weirdo dogs like the uh like the alien and the man dressed up as a dog <laughs> <laughs> yeah my favorite was the zombie in the yeah right sewers in russia i just love that <laughs> it like um, Shadow Hearts has this weird, absurd humor in it, and but also plays a lot of it very straight. Like, uh, like the the fact that Blanca is accompanying the party and is understood by most of the team is uh, is c- taken completely in stride by everyone. Yeah. Which is <laughs> which? Uh, I, I think I think who someone comments on it sometime. It might have been Yuri, right? I think so. Like, 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 wait a second. Why? Why are we letting the dog make the decisions for us? Or yeah. Something like this once, like that once or twice. But it, it's like Shadow Hearts Covenant's an excellent PS2 RPG, and Blanca is a really, really good video game dog. I uh, and and I sort of like that he doesn't. He's he's a little bit less passive than Repeat. Like Repeat always seems to go with the flow of things, but Blanca actually reacts a little more yeah. than Repeat does. They play quite differently as well. So Rapide's yeah. more like a classic fighting dog, whereas Blanca's more of a balanced, fast character, but has more magic as well. And he's got some healing and support moves, which are really useful if yeah, you use him. Yeah, he's an above-average magic character. I had, um, I would use him as yeah. a, like, I would throw some healing stuff on him because, I mean, because he's fast, he often goes first, and that that's good, a good trait for a healer. Yeah, stick Gale and heal, and he's fine. So, uh, Alana, what's the next dog you want to discuss on this podcast? Oh, well, actually, I was going to jump back a little bit because I did want to talk about another side quest. So we've talked about oh. two really cool dog side quests. Sure. And I okay. want to jump back to ta- I want to jump back to Tales again. And one of my favorite side quests ever is in Tales of Symphonia. Oh, right. And yeah, I know where you're going Colette, with this. Mm-hmm. Colette is a massive dog lover. Mm-hmm. And you basically go around the world both Silverana and Tethayala and you name 26 dogs and it's it's just so cute every time Colette she walks up to one and she's just like this one's Bob and she's just like look at his little paws and it's just I see me in that I can do that and, just don't when you, you, and the reward for it's not bad isn't it like a, a title and a uh and yeah, it's a, definitely and an accessory t- or something or just a title I think it's a definitely title. I can't remember if you get an accessory for it, and I don't know if they added anything else to the PS2 slash PS3 version. Um, but it was just something so satisfying about taking a girl around the world and letting her name all the dogs. It's just so sweet, and, and, and also just, it's just and, and just the idea. I mean, as as dog people, the idea of going around and meeting every dog in the game and petting them is very appealing. Oh yeah, I could do that definitely. Just yeah, I'm on, on I'm on board. I'm on board with that side quest. Yeah, definitely. I think probably one of my favorite. I think it's the only side quest that I've done every time I've replayed that game because <laughs> it's just so sweet. I couldn't like not. I can't ignore the dogs. I just can't do it. But um, right. So I'm gonna go back a little bit further. And everyone knows Secret of Mana, Second Densetsu. Um, but America came up with their own kind of equivalent to Secret of Mana well secret of mana 2 it would have been and secret of evermore is a really cool game that everyone should play right um, secret of evermore has a weird development history it's um yeah it's the only square game or i should say square soft game not developed by square yes because it was made by the american square soft publishing team and i say square soft because square soft was the name of the international publishing wing of square and yeah. uh it was i think it was built on on an engine 
uh, based on Secret of Mana, but with new art assets. I think I'm not a hundred. I'm yeah. not a hundred percent sure about that. But but it, it's an interesting, weird Super Nintendo, pretty fairly late Super Nintendo RPG that was developed in America somehow. It's a really, really nice looking and sounding game as well. It re- and Cecil from Final Fantasy IV is in it? Maybe not with permission? <laughs> oh, God. I don't remember that. It's no, been he, a while since he's a, played he's a, shop, he's a shopkeeper in uh, Ivor Tower or Ebon Keep. I forget which one. Um, oh, I but yeah, see. Uh, yeah, that's a weird game. But it does have an excellent dog yeah. in it. It does have an excellent dog in it who has some really cool transformations. I don't think he has a name. I think you have to name him, don't you? So I think both I the boy, I mean, the only characters are the boy and the dog, and I believe you named yeah. both of them. That's right. And then, yeah, so the dog is basically Secret of Mavermore has you kind of semi-like Chrono Trigger, has you going back and forth through time. Of course, when you go through time, you get a different kind of dog each time. So you start off with a normal dog. And then I can't remember every single transformation I, he goes through. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, oh, yeah, I, 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 rem- I remember because I just have a, Good. I have an insane memory for these things. <laughs> Your dog uh, is a small, I, th- I think a terrier-sized dog. But then when you end uh, yeah. and you don't exactly go through time, it's uh, uh, four four people that uh, sort of create their own uh, their own worlds that are based on history. So, that's right yeah, and uh and it, it's weird like there's an evil clone in each one and you have to defeat them it, it, mm-hmm. it goes some strange places but the four <laughs> like the four places you visit are prehistoric times antiquity ancient greece ancient egypt mishmash that's it <laughs> and uh medieval and, and then the future and then future and in prehistoric your dog is a big shaggy wolf in uh the antiquity time it, your dog rep- resembles a greyhound it's very a very lean white look in yeah. uh, in medieval times, it is a reddish pinkish poodle, I think. I think so. Yeah, and then in the future, that's a really strange po- choice. And then in the future, it's a robot dog that resembles a to- a toaster, and instead of instead of having lunge- lunging attacks, he has cannon attacks. He's the best. It's it's an excellent dog, but, but let's talk about <laughs> him some more. That I mean, Secret of Evermore is a really weird, unique game that. Uh, I, I owned and enjoyed a lot as a as a kid, um, because I mean the idea of like traveling through fantastical worlds when you're a boy and and his dog and trying to figure out uh, how to escape is is a cool premise, and it, having this dog who's this like heavy hitter character while the boy can cast spells and use swords and stuff your dog is always stronger than the boy but it can only sort of like leap and and bark. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. I've got some really cool artwork of him. The artwork for this game is really nice, actually. Just kind of scrolling through it all. But no, yeah, he's... I Now I remember the pink poodle. And I just remember thinking, I'm in medieval times. Like, what, why? I don't really get it. But it's been so long since I've played Secret of Evermore. But I do remember him being just running around kind of... Yeah, like you said, he's much stronger than every other. He's yourself and... I just remember getting the toaster dog and just being like, oh boy, like an actual robotic dog that's really quite cool. I can't think of many, obviously there's an obvious non-RPG dog that's robotic or <laughs> android. I don't know Mega Man well enough. Um, but uh, Well, no, no, you know, Rush counts. He does. He does, yeah. But, but, but um, uh, no, we're, we're not, we're going to avoid, you know, we're going to stick to RPG dogs, so no Rush <laughs> No D dog from uh, from Metal Gear Solid Five. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, but the uh, but no, the robot dog in Secret of Evermore is really cool. Yeah, he was. I like the way that he changed every time as well to fit the setting. I think that was really cool. I'd like to say he doesn't change. He doesn't do a lot. He just jumps and attacks at enemies. But mm-hmm. I guess that's a, probably the most realistic depiction of an RPG dog in a kind of action turn-based setting. Maybe like not discounting some of the future games that we might even bring up later. So, But it's a really good cool depiction of a dog because if i took my dog with me and i was attacked then that would probably be how he'd react but i really like and, and also like, you're fun. also do- your dog probably wouldn't be able to wield a sword or a knife in his mouth with the exactly with, with, with the level of adeptness that uh rapide can and and no. because in secret of, Ever- of evermore your dog is non-communicative it just you know it barks but it's very loyal and stays by you and will and will attack what you attack and protect you and it's it, it's an excellent rpg dog but um yeah. maybe more committed to the idea of being a dog than some of the other dogs we're going to talk about in that uh, uh, today <laughs> is there ever an explanation for why he changes so much not really or um it, it, it's cause... no he just kind of vanishes doesn't he so i remember i, I think I, I, I think it's just I, I, okay, I'm not. I don't remember that much about the mythology of Secret of Evermore, but you're not traveling <laughs> through time. They're separate worlds, and yeah. I, and, go, and going and just switching worlds changes your dog to fit the world. Is is my? I don't. It's not very yeah. well explained. Like the soul of the dog comes with you, and not the dog, because I don't know. I, I, don't, ever... I don't know either. Is it worth theorizing over? It's just worth knowing that there are five really cool dogs in Secret of Evermore. <laughs> yeah, man, Secret of Evermore. Well, let's uh, let's stay in the uh, in the Secret of Blank or Blank Densetsu uh, world for now, because um, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Robert uh, Robert Fenner on uh, on the localization episode that I really really love. Seiken Densetsu 3, the sequel to Secret of Mana that was never released outside Japan. And there's a, that game has six major characters, and one of them is a werewolf named Kevin. And I, I, don't know exa- <laughs> I don't know exactly why, but for some reason, werewolves in the Secret of Mana games, both in Legend of Mana and Secret of Mana, are like boxers or martial artists. Because right. they're, they're they're always like you know they're doing uppercuts and stuff, and the two werewolf guardians in uh, in Legend of Mana like our our tough fighters but for some reason they they associate werewolves with martial arts and and uh, again kevin is your sort of brawler monk uh character yeah and and, and also at, at night he turns into a werewolf and his attack power doubles which is great that's amazing but, oh is there like a day and night cycle in this game no, no, no there is how yeah. like yep it's a there's a day and night cycle and a day of the week cycle and depending on which day of the week it is uh, certain elements are stronger than others Wow, it's it's an it's an awesome Super Famicom game if you can track down the translation for it. But uh, the one thing about about uh, the dogs in that game that really get that really gets to me is uh, it has six characters and you pick one of them as your main character. And if you pick Kevin as your main character, then it starts out with Kevin and playing with his puppy named Carl in the woods. But then, (laughs) but then uh, an evil magician. Uh, casts a spell on his on Carl that makes him attack Kevin, and so Kevin has to basically fight off his dog and accidentally kills him. Oh. And uh, and and then you know there's 
it uncovers a conspiracy going on in the kingdom where Kevin lives, and uh, and there's you know there's dark magic and dark forces afoot. But basically, Kevin leaves his home trying to find a way to break the curse and bring his puppy back, and and. Yes. It, it's very sweet, especially since Kevin is uh, not a very articulate character. He, you know, talks in grunts and growls and broke and, yeah. and broken words. But uh, like his his sort of naive motivations that end up carrying through this big, you know, uh, save the world kind of story just to get his puppy back is for some reason resonates with me much more deeply than the other characters in that game who are, who are, trying, who are trying to save their, save their best friend or their kingdom or whatever. It's like, nah, man, he just wants to bring his puppy back. I I'm with him. Yeah. I'm with him. Definitely. Is he your favorite? Would you say as a lead character or is that tough question? I suppose it, it is a tough question. Um, I, he's the most fun character to control because he, atta- he's the, he's tied for the fastest attacker and deals a lot yeah. of damage. He may, he he makes the game a little too easy though, because since he just is an overwhelming physical offense with the, uh, no matter how you build him. So yeah. I I like I used him in every party the first couple times I played the game, and then I had to decide like, <laughs> all right, this time I won't use Kevin because I always use him. Yeah. But I uh, I love that game and. Having a really cool werewolf character who wants to just help save his puppy is a really great little piece of backstory. <laughs> I like how oh, they yeah, use I'm that. sorry, yeah, the spoilers for the first ten minutes of Sensu <laughs> 3. For Kevin's story, anyway. Yeah, for only, yeah, only if, for the first ten minutes of the game, if you choose a particular character. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's more poignant with dogs. There's more, like with films, it's more poignant if their pet dies because there's some sort of attachment to them. And, and also, <laughs> and also uh, sorry to interrupt you, but no. I, I, I've seen this happen a lot of a lot of times. I've I've made comments like this, and I've seen comments like this where people are much more bothered if they're playing a video game and you say have to shoot a dog is much more distressing than shooting a person. Yeah. Be, because oh, yeah, that's because yeah, because animal cruel. I mean, I mean, it's just how a lot of people are conditioned, I guess. But animal cruelty feels much worse than cruelty to other humans in video games. <laughs> We're so desaturated on violence on other humans that if yeah, you, well, we're, we are, that you shoot another dog, yeah. You're you're right. We are like I mean, as a society, we are desensitized to violence for sure. But also, yeah. I, th- I think it's because I mean, as dog people, we we have we have known and met dogs that just show you such unconditional love and loyalty, and yeah, and you don't see those emotions in in humans. <laughs> <laughs> so like the idea of harming a dog is much more distressing than harming a human. I, I don't know. We don't need to get we don't need to get too socio political commentary on this podcast. No, but, but then I can think of an, another like loyal dog ooh, friend do tell. that comes. Well, I mean, you know about this one, and we both talked about this game last year. So we're going to talk about Interceptor, who mm. is the coolest Doberman ever. I'm not a big fan of Dobermans; they're lovely dogs, but. Interceptor is definitely the coolest. Actually, I think Interceptor probably gets the award for best RPG dog name, possibly, just for how cool it sounds. Um, But Interceptor is Shadow's best friend. He basically only really turns up when uh, Shadow's attacking, so I I don't know as much about the stats of Final Fantasy VI as Mike does. Mike can probably, like, reel off everything about Interceptor. A a lot of things, yeah, but it's... uh, um... (laughs) 
I'm not 100% sure he's a Doberman. He could uh, his color makes him either oh. a Dober either a Doberman or a Rottweiler, but his ears being yes. his ears being cropped suggests Stort Doberman and there's a lot of Doberman dog enemies in the game. So I'm, <laughs> I I think Doberman is probably most likely, but it could be something else. And most yeah. of the most of the time uh um interceptor interceptor will either counterattack if Shadow takes damage or yeah. uh or attack in place of one of Shadow's critical hits, but he can do a lot of damage, and um... he's real powerful, especially early on. It was really nice. Oh, yeah. It was a really nice surprise for him to pop up because I just thought oh, Shadow's kind of. Initially, I was quite disappointed with Shadow. I was like, he's not too powerful at the moment, and then Interceptor comes along and just wiped out the field, and I was like, good dog. Mm-hmm. I was, like quite satisfied with that. I don't think he's. He... I don't think he's involved in Shadow's super critical attack though, because I think that's just Shadow just you know floating around and hitting with a, a knife or something. But the uh, and, and, al- and also the only person that Interceptor likes besides Shadow is Realm, which, Realm. Which, which hints at the story thing. Interceptor's a great dog, and it's it's always a pleasant surprise to have him show up in battle because he can do way more damage than any of your character's major attacks. <laughs> Uh, at least, especially in the first half of the game, yeah. And uh, and he has a bit of a story role, and you know, hinting to uh, realms past and just being a positive dog presence in general. <laughs> and, and but you know, it's not the only time that we've had you know dogs show up in a major way in a Final Fantasy game because uh, in FF8, which is not one of my pre- favorite games in the series, but uh, <laughs> uh, Renoa has a, almost all of her special attacks involve her dog Angelo, right? Uh, yeah, they do. I love Angelo a lot. I like it. She when fires she, him from a cannon. She fires, yeah, she fires <laughs> him off her arm. I mean, what do you need? What else do you need? Angelo is a good dog. He's Angelo puts he's up with very... some crap too. I mean, I, I I don't think my last dog would have per- liked being fired off of a cannon. <laughs> I don't think so. Because she or she what, is it really a cannon? She has that wrist-mounted thing for her uh, for her projectiles. I... No that, idea. That, that's what, what she does, right? Yeah, I have no idea what it is. It's like a semi-crossbow, but a little bit like a... It's like a crossbow and a boomerang and a kite, sort of? Yeah. So, I think dog's an improvement on that, but maybe not firing off of it. I bet it's really really good for, like, firing off frisbees for Angelo. Oh, yeah. Mm. I bet that's why she's got it. That's it. That's That's it. Her weapons are projectiles (laughs) that Angelo chases. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. We'll figure it out. I think again. I think Angelo has. I wonder uh, in, in FF9 maybe Garnet and Ico could use their tennis rackets to entertain a dog. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but Angelo just has like no like story presence at all. Um, no, no, he's he's not around the way Interceptor is. He's literally just the magical dog who's like, here we go, I'm ready to attack for you. I do like the way that they use a lot of Renault. I think everything but her level four. I can't remember what they called level four limit break. Her last special attack. Basically, I think he's in all of the other ones. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. But he's a pretty dog. I have a figure of Angelo who's always next to my <laughs> figure of Renoa. I just picked it up really cheap somewhere, and he's really cute. Angelo's a good dog, but um, doesn't, doesn't quite have the role that uh, that Interceptor does. And I guess staying yeah. in, like, if we average Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy VIII, you get Final Fantasy VII, which has a very prominent dog lion monster guy i'm not yeah i'm never sure what red 13 is <laughs> yeah it's it's weird it's you know it's it's uncertain to see what like what kind of normal animals show up in final fan in different final fantasy games because they seem to have dogs but also 
monsters and unclear if they have other like typical earth species but red 13 species resembles a dog or a lion but i i think his his mannerisms and his actions and his movement is very dog like yeah he's definitely he's very mature and very he's loyal and he's got a good sense of justice about him he's a very I really like him, and actually, I think Nanaki has one of my favorite subplots, along with Vincent and possibly Sid as well, because I love the first time you get a Grum Cosmo Canyon. Yeah, that, that's a, that is a Cosmo really Canyon. really cool uh, story segment. Going yeah, to Cosmo I, Canyon. I really like the setting of Cosmo Canyon, and I liked the whole. He he's basically not. It's a bit like Blanca, actually. Although Blanca came to disrespect his father. So did Ananaki Red 13. Um, he believed that his father had run away as a coward. And then when you go through the cave of G, I believe, at the end of it, you come across Seto, who's been petrified when you find out and discover that actually he's the reason that everyone's still alive in the canyon. And he, he sort had, of realized that. He had been that. holding off the, uh, the yeah, cave of G. The G. Uh, the, the G tribe, I think is what they call them, for, uh, for yeah. like, in some epic battle. And... Uh, and you know, Red Thirteen slash Nanaki has a has a good howl and a good cry next to his dad's statue. That little howl is so sad. I think when I replayed it a few years ago, I did tear up. So like, Eris' death's not as sad as Nanaki's little howl. It's just. It's a good oh. part of Final Final Fantasy VII. Is a good RPG that's sort of, I think, been, uh, blown out of proportion weirdly by its legacy and its fans. Yeah, and so, actually Nanaki's been largely ignored by most of the compilation, which is really sad. Like, he has yeah. two lines in Advent Children and literally exists to carry Kate Sith around. Yeah, Although and, like, like, like Kate Sith, Red Thirteen, Barrett, and Sid barely show up in Advent Children. It's really sad. And I like Nanaki a lot. I want to like him more. He's a really cool dog-lion thing. He's also really <laughs> useful. Um, He's... So the thing is about Seven is everybody's so customizable that to say he's the quickest, fastest, most magical yeah, dog. He has, um, I he's think, uh, his, stats. Yeah, yeah, his stats are about average, but I think he has slightly high, uh, faster. I think he has slightly higher speed and magic. Yeah. Than other characters. Um, and I, I didn't use him a ton because I always focused on physical attacks and limit breaks, and his limit breaks are just yeah. o- are just okay. Yeah, that's great. But 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 he's a really good character, and um, when you look at the Final Fantasy VII cast side to side, he's like him and Kate Sith make the cast much more diverse. Definitely, yeah. Than they otherwise would be. <laughs> um, actually, thinking about Final Fantasy, um, they don't use there's, there's a summon, so there's two Earth summons in the entire series, and all well, they generally switch between Titan and Fenrir. Mm. What do you think of Fenrir? Do you like Fenrir's kind of use over the series? He's barely been in many games, I think. He's been in uh, in 9 in... and 6. Yeah, 9 and, and 6 um, are the two he's been in. And Cerberus is in FF8. Oh, yes! Cerberus is a really cool Earth summon. So, yeah, like I, I think... Um, I'm trying to remember. I think both FF6 Fenrir and FF8 Cerberus uh, cast image spells, which are different things in, in both games. Yeah. But in uh, FF9, it was an Earth Elemental Summon for yeah. Ico. Yeah, it's purely Earth. And Titan does make an appearance as well. So I think the summon is mainly Fenrir, but there are two versions of it. So you'll have either 
Fenrir come down and attack, or you'll have like a mountain come out of the ground and it'll be Titan or something like that. I can't oh, 100% man. remember. It, there was two variations of it, like there were with a couple of others. So what would you think but of no, a uh, what would you think of a race of wolf or dog people appearing in FF14 and having their primal <sighs> having their primal be either Fenrir or Cerberus? I think that would cost me a Fantasia potion, so real money. <laughs> That's oh, man. Although it would be really strange because I'm married to a cat person, so... Ah. Hmm. And, well, to be fair, I am a cat person in FF14. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But, uh, 14 does good dog minions. You can get dog they minions. They do, yes. I, um, I have a dog minion. This is one of the first ones you get, I think. Yeah, I have a couple of dog minions. Yeah. Given to me, given around. Um, Yeah, maybe make a race of dog people. Although... They'd probably more be wolf or beast men, I think. They they would have to be because the um, gnolls are a little dog like, even though they're more rat people. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. But you know, like the uh, speaking of wolf people and dog people in MMOs, there's a uh, uh, I I want to talk about the worgen in in World of Warcraft for a moment. Oh, okay. Because I haven't uh I haven't played a lot of World of Warcraft. The only MMO I've put a lot of time into is FF14. But the story around them is pretty fascinating. The uh the kingdom where they where they're from was just one of the regular playable uh kingdoms in Warcraft 2. They they were I think I think their color they were if you uh if you picked the humans and uh and chose the color black then you just you you were that uh you were that kingdom, right? But sometime yeah. around Warcraft 3 or World of Warcraft they they did. They didn't want any part of the new war, so they uh, they quarantined themselves off and just cut themselves off from the rest of the world. But then, yeah. in one of the World of Warcraft uh, expansions, and I I definitely don't remember which one because again I haven't really played World of Warcraft. It comes out that uh, they had been inf- an, uh, f- inflicted with a werewolf curse. And oh. and then uh, and the new and they made a new playable race of uh, of of wolfmen called uh, called worgen, and basically they have a whole section of the World of Warcraft main storyline devoted to uh, to werewolves and wolf people and dealing with the curse. Uh, Gen Greymane is the name of the king of that of uh, <laughs> of, the, of that of that group. And he's playable in Heroes of the Storm, which I've played far more than World of Warcraft. <laughs> but he's it, a really cool looking werewolf as well. They're really traditional looking. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, they're very traditional looking, like horror movie werewolves. And but but they have a bit of a, a sort of you know a sort of like a savage dignity to them that uh, that, I think, yeah. that I think is a really appealing design decision. And it's it's a cool part of the storyline. Like when I when I read about what what was going on in that part of the WoW lore, it's it's all really cool. Like, in general, Blizzard is really good at developing lore and kind of awful at telling a, a you know, a linear plot story. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a fun, it's a fun read checking it out. And if I were to play World of Warcraft, I don't know if I would make a Worgen character, but I would definitely consider it because those are some cool-looking wolves. They are really cool-looking wolves. The King Gen Greyman looks so... Greyman, sorry. looks so cool. <laughs> he's, he's just, like, the perfect stoic kind of not vengeful but you can definitely see that he wants oh yeah you know you, you, you can see liam neeson it. portraying him in a world of, see, in a world of warcraft movie i can see liam neeson portraying him in a world of warcraft movie i would pay for that 
I feel like that's what we missed out on last year, maybe. And maybe I mean I I because the War, the Warcraft movie from last year was basically about Warcraft one. I'm slightly worried that they're planning like six of them. <laughs> oh no! But but, uh, but it, I I don't know exactly uh, how far they'll take that. But yeah, World of Warcraft <laughs> does have some cool wolves in it. It does. Um. So I guess I don't have any other werewolves, but I think we both have picks from this series that are basically anthropomorphic dogs people mm-hmm. um so breath of fire does dog people apparently right. really well see they i've do. not played i've not played one and two and i've only played three and four and finished four and well so I've, I've only played <laughs> i've only i've played the most of one and two and and parts of three and that's all <laughs> so so between the two of us we have 80 percent of the series covered we do, and we magically discovered that actually the series does dog people really well because I was coming and, and I was like, oh, hang on a minute, Breath of Fire 4 has a dog character in your party. Skyus, I think is how you say it. I don't really know, but basically Skyus is kind of like, he looks like Auron. If Auron was a dog, then Skyus. Yeah, with the, uh, I'm looking is... at a picture of him now because I'm, I'm not familiar with, <laughs> with Skyus. Uh, yeah. but, he, but he has, you know, sort of... Um loose robes and an oversized sword yeah and he's like he's seven foot this wiki says 612 which is so which that, we we're having a, yeah 612 yeah, we're having a bit of fun with that yeah um but yeah um skyus is a mercenary obviously from the way that he looks it's quite like he's just he walks around he's a bit of a loner the grass runners i think are fairly known some of them are known for being loners i think ursula who's another grass runner although it's more of a clan than a race of people so uh, I, I, are all of the dogs in breath of fire grass runners because it, it they they look like because i'm looking at the other two breath of fire dog men yeah. and they they have sort of different body types but similar colors and similar no, cl- I, and similar clothes yeah i think I can't. See, this is something I didn't do a lot of research on the grass runners before I started, but um, <laughs> Me they're more of a, <laughs> I didn't realize there were so many dogs in Breath of Fire, and I feel really bad. I think earlier ones they're more purple, aren't they? I can see like there's purpley ears and a couple uh, of them. Sort. I mean, in, in game they look a little darker, but uh, but in all of the official art they're sort of the same pattern of brown and white. And okay. Yeah, the two the two dogs that we're referring to, other than Skyus, are uh, Bo and Bo from Breath of Fire <laughs> One and Two, who are definitely not the same person. One, yeah. of the, uh, but they both use bows. Um, one of them is sort of more of a hunter. Oh, wow. One of them is more of a hunter character, and the other one is a healer, who's the companion of the main character at the beginning of Breath of Fire Two. Oh. But they're uh, they they're clear. There's just a lot of anthropomorphic animal people in the Breath of Fire series in general because there's a uh, there's a winged kingdom in all of the games. There's a yeah. there's a cat man named Ray in in uh, Breath of Fire three. three, and there's a cat girl named Cat, which is imaginative of them in, oh, Breath, wow. of, in Breath of Fire two. And there's <laughs> there's also a frog man and an armadillo man in Breath of Fire two. They just they just love anthropomorphic animals, but um, <laughs> but yeah they they. Uh, they have an entire race of dog people in the Breath of Fire series, which yeah, uh, skipped it, over that. You know, it really I I kind of miss Breath of Fire a little bit because it always had a sort of a neat, colorful design aesthetic. Yeah, and and, uh, what, and you, you know I, I like what, when I have a party of characters in an RPG that they all look sort of distinct and different, and yeah. and Breath of Fire does that beautifully. There, it's yeah. the only one in the series I've finished is Breath of Fire Two, but I think it's a it's a pretty good Super Nintendo RPG. 
Yeah, I remember I finished four a long time ago now, early 2000s. Yeah, um, geez, it would have been I late, remember it would have been, being... it would have been late 90s I finished Breath of Fire 2. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a really solid, fun game. I like the style of Breath of Fire 4 because it's quite watercolor, so I think a lot of Breath of Fire 4 is Asian-inspired, I believe. I really need to brush up on this game and replay it. I have got it now. Um, but anyway, I want to talk about Skyus a little bit because... Gaius is kind of like the lone mercenary. You don't really find out a lot about his character. Um, but he has his own fighting style, which is called Bushi Dog. So it's like Bushido for dogs. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, Bushi Dog. It's great. But he is, I remember him being quite a powerful, fast character. So I think his attack is similar to, um, it's similar to Ryu, but he's quicker and he's got a higher counter rate. So... He is definitely your typical kind of samurai wanderer. Um, he's associated with water as well, so he's really cool. I remember when I was a little kid playing this game, and I was just thinking, like, if I wanted a dog, then I'd like somebody like Skyus. But then, having come back and read it about him, um, and found out in the Japanese version, um, Skyus was had a drinking or an alcohol problem, and so when they tra- <laughs> so when they translated it, they had to change it because of censorship laws. Really? Not censorship laws, but like they were wary that people would be like, oh, Skyus is like an alcoholic because he's a bit of a flirt as well. So even though he's like a cool mercenary, he's kind of a bit more. Man, it sounds like I I would like the Japanese version of Skyus more. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But in the localized version, they gave him a stammer. So he has like, he stutters when he talks instead, which is a bit disappointing. But I remember him having that speech impediment and thinking at the time, like, oh, that's really, I don't know. Was something odd, but yeah, Skyus's Japanese version is probably a lot more interesting, I think, than his um, American and European counterpart. But he is a really cool character, and I remember I think I had him in the final party for the end of the game, along with the obvious Ryu and Nina, just because he's a dog who uses swords and is yeah. But I, I don't know a lot about Bo, so I don't well... know. If- um, I don't remember a lot about Breath of Fire One bow. I just know that he had a bow and he was a dog. He was he was pretty soft spoken, I think, because I don't I don't remember him as vividly as uh as Nina or uh or the fish guy. <laughs> oh I, God, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't um, I I never finished Breath of Fire One. I thought I thought the second one was a huge improvement, but this the yeah. the second one. It's a little unusual. Bo's not in your party for that much, for that long. He's with you at the very beginning of the game, where he's the uh, he's a healer that has a crossbow, and then he departs for like the entire middle two thirds or so, and rejoins late. Oh, okay. But, but in in Breath of Fire Two, there's an unusual system where you can fuse different characters to have them transform, and the what you had to do for Bo to transform into his crazy giant robot form uh, requ- required use required dark and light elementals which you also needed to transform uh cat and jean and nina and probably another character i'm forgetting so basically <laughs> having a transformed bow meant using weaker versions of three or four other characters which was okay which was not really worth it because transformed jean and cat and nina are better than transformed bow yeah so so yeah, there's some good dog people in that game. There are. The grass runners, having dug around a little bit more, the men are like dogs and the females are like foxes. So <laughs> there we go. I had no idea that there were. 
Oh. So I'm gonna, I want to talk about a different dog now. We're going to go a little bit more generic. And um, I want to talk about the Mabari Hound that joins you in Dragon Age. Yeah, he's really cool. <laughs> he, he is really cool. He's, um, you, uh, there's a, a, a side quest very early in the game to, uh, to, to get some medicine for the, for the injured dog. And he decides that, uh, and Mabari Hounds evidently imprint themselves on people and only have, you know, and only follow one human. So, so you rescuing this dog has him decide to follow you and he joins your party <laughs> as a warrior and he's surprisingly effective, but <laughs> not quite as strong as the more humanoid party members after you get a bunch of classes and, and points and stuff. But oh, imagine if he could change class though. And, and, and you know that, well, 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 um, you can't change class in that game. You, uh, everyone's either a warrior, a rogue or a mage, uh, yeah. And, but, but he is a warrior and gets warrior skills and a couple unique dog skills, but he, uh, but he, <laughs> but he can't take on specializations. So he can't to get like Templar powers or champion powers or anything. Yeah. But, but I mean, and you probably know if you've played a Bioware game that the, the strength is in the dialogue. And the dialogue involving your Mabari Hound, who you name yourself, but I think people uh, took to naming him Barkspawn after some webcomic uh, <laughs> uh, did that. The, the dialogue with the Hound is awesome because Morgana does not, uh, I'm sorry, Morrigan does not like dogs and the, and the Mabari Hound really wants to make friends with her. And there's an amazing scene that I might have to show you later if you haven't seen it before where there's a character named Sten who's this big ogre looking dude who's a you know part of a uh, who's you know a part of a warrior caste system in his tribe who yeah. uh, where basically Sten and the and the dog stare each other down and growl and bark at each other and then Sten goes you're a true warrior and of of honor and loyalty <laughs> and the and the dog goes like happy bark oh <laughs> it's it's a, it's an awesome bit of dialogue and i am dumbfounded that Bioware made dog dialogue as good as they did in that game. It's nice, because it's like, wouldn't you said generic, but it's receptive, so it's nice when you're telling your dog, because you can do this, <laughs> this is probably a sad part of my life, where you like role play in front of your dogs and go, oh, you're so cool, and they just like bark at you, and it's like, yes, he's responded, he knows what I'm saying to him, it's that kind of <laughs> relationship. Every dog owner has, has had lengthy one-sided conversations with their dog before oh yeah see i've not played dragon age i've been told to play it and part of the reason i want to play it is because of the dog yeah and and the mabari hound is not as effective as other party members later in the game but it's a really fun presence and uh i'm, I'm glad he's in the game for sure yeah i wish that more games would do if they have dogs would do the kind of chat to the dog take the dog out do good things with the dog and have fun. So I like Dragon Age is good at doing that. And Bioware is always really good at choice. Mm -hmm. I think I'm trying to lead on to something. Oh, are because you? There is, another there, RPG there is another dog. RPG that lets you, that lets you take the dog out and talk to him. I remember finding when I found this out that you could do this with this dog. I was like <laughs> this, because do this dog's not even the best party member, but I was like, this is it. This is what I have to do. I have to have the dog in the party. So he's a he's a I, good party member, though. He is a good party member. Koromaru from Persona Three is one of the best dogs ever. 
I think. He's so cute as well. See, I'm going to say this for all of them. Koromaru is probably the cutest, I'd say, out of Koromaru is adorable. And I he is and, and even the little touches about him, like because he fights with a knife in his mouth, similar to Rapide. Yeah. And uh, and similar to, to Seif in, in Dark Souls, who I was going to talk, who I was thinking about talking about, but I, I haven't played Dark Souls, so I decided not to. Um, <laughs> But but like when Kuromaru gets a critical hit or does a or does a one more attack, sometimes like yeah. sometimes uh, Yukari or Junpei will be like, "Oh, good boy, Kar Kuromaru." And it's just yeah. it's like, "Oh, you're taking the words right out of my mouth." <laughs> yeah. So he was a stray, if I remember, and then they found him at the monk um, the shrine, didn't they? Naganaki Shrine, I think it was. Uh, and he was the uh, sort monk. Of. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so. he, he was the he was the dog of the monk at the shrine. And then yeah. the the monk died, so um, so Koromaru was uh would spend every day watching over the monk's res uh where, the site where the monk died, and yeah. um and I think Fuka or Yukari probably just maybe just Fuka would you know like people would stop by and feed him, and he was a friendly nice dog, so yeah yeah so Koromaru has always been a good boy, but then yeah. but then one yeah. night a uh during the dark hour at midnight, which is a you know part of the Persona Three story. Because uh, where demons called shadows attack people at midnight, um, but they only can be perceived by uh, people by certain people with the ability to see shadows. Uh, yeah. Shadows attack the shrine around midnight, and Koromaru has the power to see them. And Koromaru <laughs> fights off a shadow by himself. Yes, <laughs> without an evoker as well. Yeah. It's so good. I love the little evoker they build him. So, like, the evokers are the guns that most of the characters use. Mm. Koromaru gets, like, a collar with little angel wings on the back. And he gets his own little C's band as well. Yep. And he looks so happy with it all. He's, like, he's just so proud of himself. He also gets a dog persona, obviously. Mm, and he it's, gets and, Cerberus. And it's, yeah, and Cerberus, okay, this is a final fa double Final Fantasy callback. Cerberus looks like a Doberman with three heads in the he does. in the Persona 3 version of it. <laughs> and uh, and Kuromaru is shockingly effective in combat. He can cast speed-boosting spells, and he's a better fire fire mage than Junpei. And uh, yeah. he, he has ve he's very fast and gets a lot of critical hits. He's, he's a good party member. He's really good for um, normal battles because he has death spells. He doesn't always right, use that's them. That's right. He has death, yeah. he has instant kills, but uh, he'll only use them if you scan an enemy and it's and it shows that they're weak against Mudo. Yeah, which is fine because once you've scanned it once and you're training there for ages, then he'll do it quite often. I had to take Koromo with me because he is adorable. Um, but I, a lot of people kind of don't find him as good as some of the other characters, and I think. Well, those people are bumps. wrong. They are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Koromaru. I had to have him because of the speed buffs, because of the death spells that he gets, and because he's a dog. He's just adorable. Like, I don't know, just like you're saying, there's the one, probably the only JRPG where you actually build up the relationship with the dog. He does get a social link in the portable version. Yes. He gets the strength one, but um, it's only playable with a female character, which is why like not not well uh, well i mean it's because it's because the male character uh yeah they've got the equivalent they, they, of the they, they, they just brought back everything from persona from the regular version of persona 3 or from the ps2 yeah. version of persona 3 so and they only changed the arrangement of the social links for the female main character so it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of too bad that you can only uh 
pet Koromaru and take him for walks and have him find items for you <laughs> as the female yeah. main character. But it, he's still awesome. I I love Koromaru. He's an, one of the best video game dogs, period. He is. Yeah. And you get to take him on walks, which I think we said. But you take him on walks and I think you'll sometimes pick up items or you'll like bump into one of your other social links and you'll boost them. They're worth doing occasionally, even if it's just for the joy of saying, I took my dog out today. I didn't <laughs> go to Tartarus. I was happy. It's like, what Koromaru is like the light in between all of the darkness of Persona 3's kind of depressing story, especially as it gets later on. I don't know whether you can walk him after a certain time. I might have to um, replay it. and I'm not sure. Develop. Uh, it might be after to the other end but i'll have to get the, the game ends if you do the if you do the good ending which you should in persona 3 uh the game ends on january 31st and it might yeah. i'm not maybe you're maybe you can't walk him anymore after christmas i'm not sure because like... in december and january the tone of the game changes like heavily yeah koromoro is like a bright spark in it though yeah it just got although and he's really sad as well was well, yeah, I mean, he does get really sad at times, and you can tell when he doesn't want to go out and when he's hungry. And, and well, his backstory is similar to the uh, uh, that Hachiko story that was made into a movie about the the dog who waited at the train station yeah. for for months, but when because his owner had died while at while at work. Yeah, and, and it's a little it's a little he... bit like that story. <laughs> Koromori though does get like some kind of oh he gets in. Persona 4 Arena, he's a double character with Ken, isn't he? He's yeah, a, he is. like one fine character. Really, so really, you're, really, you control Ken, and Kuromaru is involved in certain special attacks, and uh, and you can do you can do a lot of interesting two character setups with with Kuromaru, yeah. kind of like uh, oh shoot, kind of like Felicia summoning a mini cat in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, <laughs> or or, uh, or Ice Climbers shenanigans in uh, in Super Smash Brothers Melee. But it's yeah. but he, um, Koromaru is uh, and he and Koromaru wears Ken's old hoodie in the in, yeah I was gonna say yeah in in arena but it's a uh, it's it, it's it's fun using them and and having you know a, a dog nipping at someone's ankles while Ken is you know fence like poking a spear at them is is a, is a fun look <laughs> it suits him hoodie does suit him and oh Slacker. also in Persona Q which is a game whose dialogue and story i do not praise often there's a there's one side quest where teddy and koromaru hold a competition to see who's the who's the cutest mascot well koromaru koromaru should win i, I won't say exactly what happens but they, they it, it sort of ends up as a draw but it was it, it was fun seeing koromaru and teddy have di quote-unquote dialogue because koromaru doesn't only only i guess can understand Kor what koromaru is saying <laughs> but uh yeah he's one of the defining persona 3 characters i think and and yeah. one, one of the best mascot characters ever ever koromaru is great personality totally adorable to look at fun in combat koromaru is just the best he's the best okay now i i want to go over two last dogs before we close up and one of them is a very good dog and one of them is a very bad dog oh no there are bad dogs. Yeah, there are. Well, and, you know, there. Are, uh, there's only the one that I could even think of in video games. But <laughs> in uh, two games I've played quite recently are the uh, the 3DS remakes of Dragon Quest VII and Dragon Quest VIII. 
And in Dragon, in Dragon Quest Seven, there's one quest where uh, one village, all of the animals have been turned into people, and all the people have been turned into animals. <laughs> and so you oh. have, so you have a uh, you have a really strange side quest of trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And you 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 meet another person from outside the village who can talk to animals, and he helps you and he helps you divine what happened. And then you defeat the demon that uh, that put that curse on the village. But one of the animals that was turned into a person is a white wolf puppy who was turned into a boy, who's called a, who's named Gabo in the PS1 version and Ruff in the 3DS version. So, <laughs> so, uh, and then Ruff helps you defeat the demon, but uh, as part of the demon's um, uh, curse working out, it, it uh, Ruff remains in human form. And then when you. Uh, when you like encounter the demon a second time shortly thereafter the the demon uh tries to remove the curse from ruff but instead it just gives ruff the power of speech <laughs> so <laughs> so so it's a you have a fully you know a fully cognizant wolf boy that uh ride that rides a wolf around but uh um spent his entire life as a wolf puppy and is now exp- like a human for the first time and he's very excitable and enthusiastic yeah but uh, maybe a little annoying. But I think it's a cool concept for a character. I mean, just having to divine what happened out of this town where uh, everyone was turned into an animal was a was a cool little vignette for Dragon Quest Seven. Oh, he sounds so. He's like he's excited to be a human. I'm assuming a then. Li- yeah, a little bit because he um he yeah. really likes the party the uh, the main characters that came and saved the village, and he's he approaches everything with with excited sort of an excited curiosity like, yeah <laughs> and and he's a little boy i don't think i don't think he's supposed to be older than 10 or something i don't it's he's a little out of place next to the rest of the cast but he's uh um he he's a fun presence in the party and i i liked his concept in general but the oh. bad the bad dog i wanted to talk about is from the game immediately after 7 and that's dragon quest 8 <laughs> oh. around the halfway point of the game a very bad dog named leopold becomes possessed by a demon and kills uh one of the people you're trying to save <laughs> in Dragon oh, Quest I remember 8. This. Yeah, and uh and eventually he becomes a demon dog flying around in the sky and you have to <laughs> you have to track him down with your own flying uh flight item, I should say. I don't I don't want to spoil everything about Dragon Quest 8. But he's a very <laughs> rude, very bad dog that uh fe- feels out of place because when you talk about dog characters in video games, they're almost all positive or just or a faceless attack dog. This is a, a named dog with a real personality and a real character who's mean, which is not, not not my perception of dogs in video games most of the time. I guess it's not his fault, though. I mean, he just... He's only really bad after he gets possessed, so it's well, not he's, really... Well, he's kind of also fault. bad before. <laughs> Oh yeah, because he, he's living. Yeah, no, he's he's a he started he started out as a mean dog and then became an a mean dog possessed by an evil demon. <laughs> oh, so then it's just exacerbating his yeah. already present kind of negatives, I guess. Yeah, I not you see when you told me before we started recording that you had a bad dog, I was thinking, what dog? <laughs> and I could have completely forgotten about Sir Leopold actually. Yeah. Dragon Quest Day because it's been so long since I've played it. Well, but... it's very fresh in my mind because I played the, uh, uh, the 3DS version came out in January and I finished it in February, so it's been very recent. Yeah. 
And that's the only way I can possibly think of a bad dog in an RPG is because I, I, I defeated him a month ago. Yeah, I literally can't think of another bad dog in an RPG. When I thought of him, I, I did a cursory search for others and was unsuccessful. <laughs> People so, just can't bring themselves to tell, admit that dogs are bad, because they're never bad anyway. It can't be fun can't. writing an evil dog character. No, there's plenty of evil cats. And evil werewolves. <laughs> sure, but, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of any other evil dogs. Werewolves are different. They there, don't yeah, There's, there's even a, a handful of bad werewolves in uh, in the Saiken and Setsu games that we, uh, that we discussed an hour ago. The, bo- the boxing ones. Right. <laughs> so, that is a lot of good dogs and one bad dog that we have discussed today. <laughs> we have been Retro Encounter... Um, this has been Mike Solosi. I'm Monsoon on the boards at the Real Monsoon on Twitter. If you want to uh, support Retro Encounter, we encourage you to leave a review on iTunes or other services. Uh, hit the RPGFan.com forums or the RPG Fan Facebook page for more great RPG-themed content. We recently did episodes on Chrono Trigger, and very soon we will be doing episodes on Tales of the Abyss, the PS2 3DS classic Tales game. There's no dogs in Tales of the Abyss. Or no good, like, there are dogs, but there's nothing specifically screaming at me like good dog. But yeah, so Tales of the Abyss is in our near future, and uh, we... Um, we do have a Dragon Quest V episode in the planning stages. I don't know if there's any dogs in that game either. There's a really, really good cat in that game. If they, if we ever do an, an RPG Cats episode, I'll bring up Dragon Quest V. But okay. uh, I'm, I think that's that's going to be another few months away because we're having some scheduling difficulty with it. But that will be coming up in the next few months. So, um, Alana, how if if listeners want to reach out to you, how do they do so? Yay. Um, so please talk to me about dogs if you're going to do this. Um, so, as I said, I'm Diving Falcons on the boards. Um, I've also got Twitter, at Alana Hagues. Or you can pop me an email at, at Alana, H at RPGFan.com. Or I have a blog, at the Ruby Rogue, which needs updating. I said this at the last four episodes now, and it's still <laughs> not updated. But if you want to talk about RPG dogs, because I know there are ones that we've missed. One that jumps to mind is Dog Meat from Fallout, but I don't know enough about him to talk about right, him. There's, there's, there's also Boney and Mother 3, but uh, we, yes, I talk, but, uh, we talked to... Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, man, there's a lot of RPG dogs we've missed. But yeah. we've, we've been talking for so long already, we have, we'll just have to leave them alone. No. They'll get some attention. They they've got their love. They've got love. And we can go back and play the games if we want to go and love them anyway. But no, if you want to talk about RPG dogs, animals, tales, then just hit me up. Go for it. Oh, and if you want to like email the podcast as well, then any comments or anything, Mike will surely get back to you if you email retro at rpgfan.com. That's right. I, I did forget to mention love- that earlier. Thanks, Alana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just send us your feedback. We would love to hear from any of you. Please just send us topic ideas necessarily, or you could just give us suggestions, comments, feedback, anything. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, that is absolutely true. And I also even have a dog-themed Twitter account in addition to my regular Twitter, The Real Monsoon. I am also at Evoker for Dogs, which may or may, you are. Which may, or may not be connected to a dog we talked about earlier <gasps> tonight. You actually are. I always forget this. Yeah, I I keep a second Twitter account for when I go on stupid rants about um <laughs> about, about Japanese superheroes mostly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, there, there isn't a good Kamen Rider RPG. That's too bad. But there is a pretty good Sentai oh. RPG called uh, called Chroma Squad. I recommend that one. No dogs. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, no dogs. But it's pretty. It's pretty good if you like Japanese superheroes. So yeah, I'm yeah. at the Real Monsoon and at Evoker for Dogs. And please hit me up in either of those for RPG fit and talk or dog talk. And I think that'll about do it. Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>